in this video, I'm going to go through eight holiday safety tips that you can do today for a safe holiday season. Let's dive in. Now, tip number one is reviewing our building security. It's important this holiday season that we walk around the exterior of our building, check in parking lots, exterior lighting, replacing any light bulbs that aren't working, checking exterior doors, windows. We might even want to consider reviewing our access control any automations that we have on to make sure that we understand when our doors are being opened to a house of worship. Our surveillance system, review and fix those cameras. There's normally one or two cameras that aren't working on any system. Let's ring our security integrators, make sure that our access control, our surveillance systems are working as we get ready for a safe holiday season. And tip number two is pay attention to your church parking lot. Now, most church data shows that crime incidents start in our church parking lot. So it's really important to have regular patrols, train on suspicious behavior, make sure that we're observing activity before it enters our house of worship. And also in relation to parking lots, what about the weather forecast? I live here in Minnesota in a snow state. Let's make sure that we are paying attention to those sidewalks, clearing snow, allowing a good direction and traffic flow, making sure that we have a good flow of vehicles. And what about in those emergencies when our law enforcement, our fire or paramedics might need to come in our church when we are at maximum capacity, making sure we have good flow of vehicles into our church parking lots. And tip number three is review security staffing. Now I get questions from churches across the country. Simon, how do I get my teams more engaged? Well, notify them early. So Assess your current security staffing. Identify what are your requirements that you need, how many people do you need, and communicate well in advance. The number one complaint from security leaders, I can't get engagement. The number one complaint from people on safety teams, I'm not notified early enough that my skills, my gifts are needed. So find your security staffing, identify the people, and communicate early. And what about their responsibilities? Don't forget to create their post orders and arrange building tours. You will be surprised how many people cannot identify a particular door in your church just because they do not know the number or the reference that it is given. So arrange a building tour in the time we have between now and the holidays. And finally, do not forget to refresh those basic safety team skills, suspicious behavior, Conflict escalation, medical response, and threat assessment. We still have time to go back and review our team's knowledge. And tip number four is emergency operation planning. Knowing your emergency plan can lead to a swift response in a crisis. So we need to communicate the plan far and wide to make sure everyone knows what the plan is. We're going to walk through the emergency procedures with our staff and volunteers to make sure they really understand. No, do you really, really understand our emergency procedures? We're going to walk through them and we're going to conduct a basic tabletop or hold a discussion to practice exercising the plan. Not so much testing how we respond, but how do we exercise the plan? Most often, that is where the biggest learning comes in conducting the tabletop is how do we exercise the plan? And tip number five is medical readiness. Now I go to a lot of churches around the country and I look at their medical equipment and they have band-aids, they might have ice packs. 
in today's modern world, we really need things such as tourniquet, stop the bleed. So review your church medical equipment. Do you have the type of items that are needed for today's modern world? Band-aids and ice packs are great, but we need tourniquets. We need stop the bleed. So go online. There's still time. Make sure you have the right resources inside your medical equipment. And the same as to what I gave you with our security volunteers, we're going to do exactly the same with our medical volunteers. We're going to identify how many people do we need per service. We're going to connect with those people again, and we're going to communicate early. Can you give us your time on Christmas Eve? Can you give us your time on Christmas Day? We need your skills for our service. And one thing we do not want to forget is making sure that our safety team and our medical team have a way to communicate with each other. So ordinarily, if your medical team do not have radios, let's get them extra radios. At the very least, let's make sure that they have the telephone, the cell numbers of people on the safety team so they can talk back and forth. Vitally, vitally important. I went to a school recently. I don't want this to be you. Uh, we took the AED from the wall and I said, let's practice using the AED in training mode. And they said, Simon, we've been told that you just turn it on and it tells you what to do. In an emergency, the time to practice with the AED is not when the person is in front of you having a heart attack. We want to get that AED off the wall. We want to turn it in training mode if we can. Or use one of your training AEDs and let's practice to make sure that everyone knows how to respond. And tip number six is background checks. I love talking about this during the holiday season because it's exactly the same as VBS. When people try to circumnavigate, they're trying to change the system. Don't change your protocols because it's the holiday season. Screen all volunteers. You see what I said there? Screen. I didn't say background check. We're going to have a screening program because we're going to consider the style of background checks that we may need. Criminal. Sex offender registry. Some may need a credit report, previous employment, reference verification, and get this, if someone's driving one of your church vehicles, how about checking their driving records? I recommend you have a screening program, not a background check. And tip number seven could be one of the most significant and the easiest and the best bang for your buck, which is prioritizing your prevention. Now, we live in a heightened time with trouble in the Middle East, so speak to your local law enforcement, reach out to them and find out what is going on in your local community. And how about this, reaching out to other local churches, asking what are you doing during the holiday season? And particularly if you reach out to a different faith denomination, they may be holding a service at a different time to your own. So a great thing you can do is share volunteers between your houses of worship. And I really encourage you to actively monitor local, national, and international news. There is so much information out there. There are so many threats. It's crucial that we understand what is going on in our local communities. And to that end, I really encourage you to create basic Google alerts for your church, your leadership, and even do this for you and your family. It's a great way to be notified when key words that you're interested in are used on the internet. So create Google alerts for your church, your leadership, your team, and consider doing it for you and your family. And tip number eight is plan for a service disruption. We know that Jesus was preaching in a synagogue when a man was deeply disturbed and yelling out. And I say to religious leaders, if it can happen to Jesus in a synagogue, it can happen to you, my friend. So 
elements of conflict here as to how we would resolve disruptions within our church. So I really encourage you to talk with your religious leader and say, what is your plan? Most often, not always, but most often they would say, Simon, I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to unpack it and we're going to resolve the situation. I say, pastor, reverend, father, priest, it is unlikely you're going to unpack 20 years of mental illness or this person's hatred towards you, the church, or someone else in a five-minute conversation. We need to remove them from the area. Most often they'll say, actually, Simon, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't want the entire church sitting there for 30 minutes while I try and talk to this individual. So meet with your leader, ask them what's your plan, then it gives you opportunity to listen, and then you can say, can we create our own protocol as to how we're going to deal with disruptions from minor disturbances to significant threats? I want to create a protocol. Next, what we're going to do is we're going to educate our staff and volunteers on that response. We're going to tell our ushers, our greeters, our safety team members what it is that we're going to do so they are not surprised when we lay hands on someone to remove them from the church. They are not surprised thinking, but that doesn't seem very Christ-like. They know exactly what we're going to do. They know how to respond. They know to open the doors. They know we're going to get the person away, away, away. So we're going to educate. We're then going to train them. And the last thing I advise you to do is have a crisis team on standby. If there is a disturbance and it's mental illness, human brokenness, some type of personal conflict, what better way to be like Christ is to be able to minister to those persons once we've removed them from our worship space. And the last thing I really encourage you to do to make sure we are being preventative rather than responsive is if you have cameras in your house of worship, monitor your surveillance system in real time. Make it interesting. Give someone a radio. Uh, have them watch the screen. Make them be your mini dispatcher because monitoring your surveillance in real time is going to allow you to see and respond to threats before they escalate to the point of action. So a quick recap there. When we had number one was review building security. Number two, pay attention to your parking lots. Number three, review security staffing. Number four, emergency operations planning. Number five, medical response. Number six, conduct background checks. Number seven, prioritize prevention. And number eight, plan for a disruptive service. Now, I hope that those words of wisdom have blessed you and your ministry in some way. Um, so for now, you stay safe. You have a great holiday season and I'll see you next time. My name's Simon Osmo. Thank you for joining me.